You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Manning, Beckham, what a throw! What a catch! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Grump, I am happy for three things tonight as we record this on a Monday night. One, my Tampa Bay Rays just swept the New York Yankees, and if you've been following me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, you've heard a lot of gloating. Two... We have one month from today is the start of training camp. Nice. So that's something, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And three, I am two days away from my week-long vacation in Italy and Malta. So I am on coast mode for right now. Not for this podcast, but for life until I get on that big jet across the pond and eat 25 pounds of pasta. So I'm in a very good mood today now until i get annoyed about something <laughs> it's yeah uh for listeners who don't know mike and i are actually both maltese so. fun just fact a, just the good side <laughs> so good fellas reference for you since i know you like uh the departed better and that'll be a special um when we get to the real dregs of summer we may have a special podcast of our ongoing debate of what is better good fellas fellas or the Departed. <laughs> good fellas <laughs> Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're that's one, not to say I don't like the Goodfellas. I yeah. do love that movie. That's where one where one sane person says Goodfellas is better, and a complete maniac disagrees. But we'll see how that. Maybe next time we have a lockout or something, we'll we'll, uh, we'll bring that out. So. <laughs> um. So be sure to download and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and follow the show on Twitter. Um. Where there's probably more griping about movies and arguing there than there will be on the show. <laughs> Um, we want to give them a quick uh, schedule update for the next couple of weeks yeah so while Cranky Fan is enjoying his pasta um, (laughs) and sunshine in the Mediterranean um, I will not be doing that but I will also be busy attending a wedding and being drunk so you're going to get a pre-recorded episode next week continuing our season preview Um, the only reason I tell you that is because if anything monumental happens in between, we may not be able to get to it by the next episode. So if that seems ridiculous, that's why. Um, and then we are on the road to training camp. So we'll have a quick breakdown of the offense and defense as it stands on the roster. And then we'll start getting into position group battles and sort of recaps of preseason games because it's almost football time. It is. I mean, now that, the temperature is saying we're going to have mid-90s here for the next several days coming up this weekend. You know, it may not feel like it, but uh, training camp, preseason games, and before you know it's going to be fall, and it will be in the, the grip of football season. So I know we're in a big drought right now of, uh, you know, jonesing for football pretty hardly on the college and the pro level, but it is coming soon. So yeah, hang in there. Enjoy this time with us as we relax on the podcast a little bit. Um And also, if any of the listeners have ever actually played football, you know nothing sounds like the beginning of football, like sweating like crazy during Hell Week in August. So, Yeah, I'll be doing two days of something while training camp is going on, probably extra eating, but uh, we'll we'll get through this together, everybody. Cranky Fan is usually in mid-season belly form. 
by week one. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm usually this, not far behind him, so. Yeah, this training camp in Italy will have me in, you know, playoff <laughs> mode before we even start training camp. Oh, my gosh. All right, so we've been kind of going through our way-too-early look at the season and where we see wins and losses and difficult spots on the schedule, etc. And we've been kind of predicting games as our, in accordance to our confidence in the uh, Giants' chances. Uh, we've been rating these games as a loss in pen, loss in pencil, win in pencil, win in pen. Um, and just to give you a quick recap, uh, week one, Jacksonville at Giants, cranky fan, loss in pen, football grump, loss in pen, New York Giants at Dallas, cranky fan has a win in pencil, I have a win in pen, Giants at Texans, we both have losses of varying degrees of confidence, New Orleans at the Giants, we both have wins, Giants at Carolina, one of our away game specials this year. Cranky Fan has a loss, which is a bummer. I have a win. Philadelphia at New York Giants. We both have wins. Uh, our second away game special, New York Giants at Atlanta. Cranky Fan has a win. I have a loss. Uh, then Washington at New York Giants. Cranky Fan and I both have wins. Then there we have the bye week. Uh, Giants at San Francisco. Cranky Fan is a win. I have a loss. And then we are at Tampa Bay at the New York Giants. We both have wins. So if you've been tallying up, you know that Cranky Fan has a very, very optimistic and uncranky 7-3 and three record. And I have a moderately grumpy 6-4 and four record. Yeah, and the one thing I want to say about this too is that when you're doing these way-too-early analysis, you can't get into the trap of well, just because right now we're seven and three, I have to balance this out because I think this team is really, you know, a seven and nine team. That this has to be a loss, regardless. I, I'm taking every one of these games independently and in a vacuum, not really factoring that. Oh, this team is on a roll now because I think that's going to happen to me. I'm making an unreal assumption that the roster that we're going to have coming out of training camp will be the roster on week 12 with no injuries and no things happening. We know that's not realistic and also not factoring into what in my crazy head is, well, we are on a four game winning streak or something. So that's not the way football necessarily works in real life. That momentum does mean something and, you know, getting on a roll positive or negative. So let's just keep that in mind. So I'm, you're not going to see me all of a sudden just picking losses because I don't think this team is legitimately seven and three. It's just each independent pick kind of flowed that way. The only thing that I really take into consideration with these, uh, you know, like you said, in a vacuum, I, I'm I'm taking, you know, obviously home away. I might consider some some long term injuries, such as like, for instance, Carson Wentz. Um, is coming off an injury, so when the Giants play, if if the Giants were to play Philadelphia Week One, that's something I would consider. Uh, oh, very fair, very fair. Um, and then the only other thing I really consider outside of the vacuum is how much time in between games. So if they have like a bye week or just you know the extra day of rest, or if they're on a short week because they're playing on Thursday, that's the kind of thing that I'm you know keeping in mind. But really, that's it. And and ideally, the way to do this is in a vacuum because there's just way too many variables. Right. Um, and also, this isn't really fucking important. Like, there's no reason to... Yeah. This is just kind of a way to, to get a quick preview on what we think. 
Right, because some things have already changed even from last week, because we just found out that, uh, you know, habitual sex offender Jameis Winston is probably going to have a three-game suspension the start of the season. He might not even be the starting quarterback or on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster by the time they face us in week 11. So, you know, again, these things are going to change. We're not going to go back and revise. Yeah. You know, oh, now I think they're going to win because of this. We're just going to. This is our 50,000 foot view, you know, our thumb in the air. What do we think? And, you know, don't hold us to it. You know, when we get to November, like <laughs> you said, Atlanta was going to be a loss. Like, yes. We'll just, yeah. Yeah. Just play along. <laughs> also, don't ever talk like that. Well, that might be a recurring, uh, you know, it might be a character, character. on this show. <laughs> Great. <Yeah. laughs> Dimwit fan. All right. <laughs> uh, so that leaves us at the Giants at Philadelphia. Um, I have this in as a loss in pen. Everything about this seems like a loss in pen to me. Uh, I, I think the last time the Giants won in Philadelphia was in 2011, and that was sort of Victor Cruz's coming out show to really put a date on it for you. Holy Jesus! Yeah, I I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the last time the Giants have won there. Yeah, it feels like it was the last time was the Frank Gifford coming out party. It was that long ago, so. <laughs> Um, you know, when you look at this Eagles roster, it's really going to be that, that defensive line. And I think at a certain point, you know, we both had them as wins in pencil when Philadelphia came to New York and we kind of said that it was a pivotal point in the year. And we thought that Philadelphia was going to get shocked a little bit because we don't think they're that great. This is one of those ones where it just, this feels ugly to me. It's already a close one if the Giants were to win anyway. And... I, I think at this point in the year, it's just, I don't know. I, I think you're starting to get some mounting nicks and bruises, and it's too close of a matchup for the Giants for me to really say a win. And because it's not at home, I'm just putting it in pen. Yeah, I, I started that long rant before about everything in a vacuum because I knew we were starting this you know, this week's episode talking about the Eagle game. And I was thinking, wow, I have us at seven and three. <laughs> you know, is this team really a seven and three team? Um, and what happens if they face, you know, late November against a Philly team that obviously won the Super Bowl last year? You know, the, the big question for them is going to be the quarterback position, I think. You know, is yeah. something where, you know, if Wentz is not 100%, if he comes back, is not 100% at this point. You know, was Nick Foles just a lightning in a bottle and a nice little run over three or four games? Is he a legitimate backup? Is he, you know, some way that teams have been game planning for, you know, almost a year at this point? And we don't know those things. So that's the one thing that I have a question about Philly as a whole, whether they're a serious team that could repeat again or make a very deep playoff run or dominate the East. Um I, you know, right now this game is listed as a one o'clock game. If the Giants are significantly better than they were last year, this could very well be flexed. You know, uh, Sunday night. What's that? Oh, yeah, I guess so. November 25th. Yeah, that's the other thing. Giants always lose around my birthday. Exactly. They, 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 <laughs> last year they lost around everybody's birthday. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I could definitely see this as something where if, you know, if Philly is, let's say, I don't know, six and three, seven and whatever around there. And we're close to the same. I could very easily see that one being flexed to a primetime game, the end of Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so um, that would make it, you know, going from 
a loss in pen to a la- loss in magic marker, I think, too. <laughs> so, But yes, I, I do have this one as a loss in pen as well. Yeah, that one just doesn't sit well with me. The timing and nothing. Yeah. And that's okay. Playing division games on the road, you know, unless you are significantly better, should be looked at at this time of the year as probably a loss. It's, it's not a uh, the end of the world to make that prediction, and also not uh, reinventing the wheel of the prediction like that. So it's okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take that loss, and we'll move on to next week. It's never okay to lose to Philly. I, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, we move on to... December 2nd, another 1 o'clock Sunday game where Chicago comes to New York Giants. Listen, when I look at this on paper, the roster, the time of the year, this feels like it's going to be one of those old-school football games, Um, You know, especially with Pat Shermer joining and emphasis on the running game. This feels like a grind-em-out kind of smash-mouth football game. And I know the Giants are built on, you know, getting the ball to Beckham, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, guys like that. But when you look at this Bears roster, especially the defense, their defensive line is pretty weak, especially when you start considering their depth. But they have a very, very active linebacking squad and a, a pretty decent defensive backfield uh, with former giant Prince of Mucamara back there, actually, also. But, I mean, you know, Leonard Floyd, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, those are three of the four linebackers on this team. The defensive line is really the weak point, and I think that with Saquon Barkley, with Jonathan Stewart, with this, you know, revamped offensive line, new playbook, I think the way to game plan this game is to just run it down their throats, wear them down, get the linebackers winded as they're trying to, you know, cover the edges and then, you know, maybe later on in the game you might start seeing the play action really start to pay off. I have this one as a win in pencil and a very enjoyable game. Hopefully there's some snow too because we don't get to experience that nearly enough. Yeah, this is definitely the point where we're converting over from drinking beer before a game to having hot chocolate and Irish coffees before the game. Yeah. Uh, I want to get back to something you said. and I want to open up a little bit of a bigger topic. Um, do we think the Giants – will not necessarily be that kind of smash mouth team. I mean, with the Saquon Barkley and, you know, the upgrades at at running back, the the revamping of the offensive line. And, you know, I think this team might be more a little run heavy than I think we think they're going to be, especially, you know, I, I just, we know what the philosophy is of Gettleman. You know, he likes to build from the inside out and, you know, run the ball, stop the run, pass the quarterback or his three main axioms and something. And if Saquon Barkley becomes like that once every six or seven year complete badass rookie running back, could this team be a little more ground and pound than we think it's going to be, which ultimately will make the big play far more dangerous for guys like Beckham and stuff, as opposed to an offense where it's, you know, fire away, bombs away, trying to go, you know, deep in a return to the offense back under, um, you know, the previous regime. What do you think? I think the additions that were made to this team and the changes in the playbook have left this team to be much more versatile. Um, yes. Saquon Barkley, if is if he is the badass once in six or seven years rookie running back and, you know, the changes to the offensive line, the playbook – 
this could be a ground and pound team. But don't forget that you still have Eli Manning back there, who is, you know, maybe not the greatest arm in the league, whatever, but definitely one of the more intelligent quarterbacks back there, likes to take risks, you know, make things happen. You have a top three wide receiver in Odell Beckham. You have one of the better receiving tight ends in Evan Ingram. This team is balanced. They can game plan however they feel like. And I think that's one of the genius things of bringing in a guy like Jonathan Stewart is you don't need him to have a ton of tread on the tires. You need him to shoulder that load in games like this against the Bears where you really want – you want Barkley to get them winded and then you want Stewart to run them over. Um, Mm -hmm. And not to mention that Barkley – his biggest threat isn't necessarily running between the tackles. It's around the edge, and it's coming out of the backfield making catches. So, yes, they can be more ground-heavy. In fact, they'll definitely be more ground-heavy than the previous regime. That's that's almost a given. I'm more ground-heavy walking you know, up and down the stairs to work. <laughs> um, but, yes, they can be incredibly ground-heavy one week, and this team has the ability to flip a switch the next week and be very pass-heavy. They have all the tools there available. That's yeah. my take on it. And I, and I, I definitely think it's going to be something where it's going to be a run game setting up the pass game as, a rep- as opposed to the reverse. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Which, 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 I think, which will make, I think, Eli, you know, instead of him having the force taking those downhill shots, those downhill shots, it'll open it up for him more. And I think yeah. you'll, see, you'll see that. So, um, yeah, I agree. I, I have this one as a win in a very heavy pencil. I'm not quite ready to put that as a pen yet because, again, I'm not sure if we're pen worthy at this point for some of these teams. But I, I definitely see that being that grindy game where, you know, it's it's a one o'clock game, so it won't be that cold chill of the evening. But um, low scoring, ugly, and we we do win. Very heavy pencil. Cranky fan makes up his own. <laughs> it's a pencil. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I see it. Maybe, maybe, maybe not ugly, but low scoring. But you know, it's one of those ones. If if you really control the run game, it might be low scoring, but it can still appear dominant to the naked eye. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you get into the fourth quarter and teams are getting slowed down. Nevertheless, um, wow, we agree on that. High five. Nice two, two in a row, we agree on right off the bat. Wow. <clears throat> then the New York Giants face the Washington Redskins. This is just interesting to me. You know, last week we went over, I think I started off right off the bat with, what do you think of this team? And you said, I think they're going to stink. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I just can't, I, I want to find and be balanced the way that the Giants lose this game. And it would have to be just such a total disaster. Um, I have this one as a win in pen. I, I, I mean, we've went over this before. You know, they have... A pretty decent offensive line, but they have no playmakers on offense, um, and, and it, they're really kind of putting a, a bunch of eggs in the Darius Geis basket, which is not, in my opinion, from what I've seen, the, the, the playmaker. I mean, he's just not that good, in my opinion. He might end, end up developing that way, but as a rookie coming in, I really don't see that happening for him, especially this late in the year, if they're really relying on him, he might be... I mean, he might even be injured just from playing time. Um, <laughs> this I, we talked about in last week's show. There's always that we go on the road and we just get our asses handed to us. It happens once or twice a year. We look like we're not even an NFL team. Then we also have that 
how the fuck did we lose that game to this team? Usually at home, but sometimes on the road. I'm going to assign that one to this week. Everything you said about Washington, I believe. I mean, this could be the year that Jay Gruden is finally on the super hot seat and could be gone. Um, quarterback, Alex Smith. We talked about that in last week's show that, you know, yeah. all of these things look as a team that they should win this game on the road. You know, Washington could be in free fall. Washington is a very strange team. To look at the last several years where they're either in complete free fall or all of a sudden they catch that final third wave where, you know, all of a sudden they're in the playoff hunt. Well, I mean, how much of that is, is due to Kirk Cousins? Well, that's it. You know, there is no more Kirk Cousins anymore. Yeah. But there's, but there's also some times where they just fall off a cliff and they look like the worst team in the league, you know, finishing out a season. And you're like, Gruden's not going to survive this. And somehow he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a year where Washington has that free fall again. Um, you know, there's not going to be that. Are they going to re-sign Cousins thing? You know, that's been, it seems like it's always the soap opera for the last three or four years getting late into a season. I just think that, you know, what, what do you think about Gruden? What's your take on him? You think he's a good coach? You think he's... I, I I think that he's a decent coach. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I, I think it's just difficult to win in that town. Uh, he inherited a bullshit roster. It's not his fault the way that Kirk Cousins' situation was handled either. Right. Um, It's just that is a mismanaged organization. Uh. And everybody is always fearing for their jobs because, I mean, if you go back, I mean, how many years? Just prior to Jay Gruden, coaches were being lopped off left and right. And and some, some hires were just super questionable. Like Jim Zorn was a coach at one point. <laughs> um, yeah. It as far it's it's unfair to really judge him. I mean, I think you, you can see some stuff on the field. He doesn't have too many of those mental you know, questionable reviews or why did you call that play? The team just loses because they stink. That's what yeah, it seems and, like to and, me. And there's always like a shady way how someone leaves. Like, you know, um, what was the GM's name? McLaughlin or? Mc- yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he gone and all of a sudden he's there's a grievance on how he got fired, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they, they sign into a contract and get rid of him right away. It's just everything just seems like, you know, Snyder is kind of like Donald uh, Trump. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was gonna, I was going to say, um, what's his name? The Ma- the Mavericks. Um, Cuban, Mark Cuban. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a lot like Mark Cuban without the flair. You know, he's just a he's just a very dry, you know, businessman with those glasses and those suits. He looks like he's got to stick up his ass. He's got no public persona, but he's in the same way. It's just. You know, there's always seems to be chaos around that team. So, again, all these things equal up to a game the Giants should win, no matter how good or bad we are. But I just see that as that, Jesus Christ, guys, if we're going to make the playoffs, you can't be losing this game at this time of the year. We do. So, <laughs> I'll put that as a loss, but I'll put that in pencil. All right. And that's, that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. So... Let's tally that up. Uh, you know, you've got loss, win, loss. I have loss, win, win. That puts us both at an even nine. No, sorry, eight and four, eight and five, eight and five. Yeah. So, 
Still very much with with much in the playoff hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, how do you think that feels stacked up against Dallas and Philadelphia? RB number one spot, number two spot. I don't. If if I'm eight and five after week thirteen, I'm just or week fourteen. I'm thinking, wow, look what we've done from last year. The strides, you know. Probably a discussion you should probably have after the season is over, but. If we're doing that, you're going to hear a lot of noise, especially from the local media. You're going to hear it on Fox NFL pregame show. ESPN will be cranking themselves about it because when the Giants, this massive turnaround, you know, they got to re-sign, get them into a long-term deal, and we got to sign you know, all the coordinators. Which coordinators are going to be leaving next year because of the success? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, that's going to happen and if, if we are in that position. Uh, where do we rank against Philly and Dallas? Well, we we think Washington's in the cellar at this point, right? We think Washington's in the cellar. Uh, I definitely see us, you know, in second place ahead of Dallas. Philly could be at this point thirteen and one, or they could be, you know, eight and four, or somewhere in there. But I don't see them with any sort of drop off. I think they'll be at least at that point. Yeah, then, I think it'll, it'll be neck and neck at that point. Factoring out what the quarterback situation is, if. Uh, Quarterback comes back and he's back to you know pre-injury status. They could be dominating, but they I mean, you know they, they do could have, be. But hard. we we think that Philadelphia last year was a team that got hot at the right time, right? Um. Well, we think there's there's like three stories to Philly last year. We were impressed with them before he got hurt. Then it was like it's too bad they have no chance in the playoffs. And all of a sudden, they got on the roll again. So, you know, those are very even when even when Carson Wentz was the quarterback, they very very nearly lost to the Giants in Week Two, Three. Yeah, but again, we the first four games of every season are getting more and more kind of like extended training camp, right? I mean, do you really okay. you really take stock in things that happen in the first three four games of a season? Well, I mean, at no point in the season did I feel like Philadelphia was a dominating team. I mean, they were winning week after week, but it didn't feel it wasn't like those that 2007 Patriots team that was putting up how many points per game? 35. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at, at all of those games they were winning were real close battles. I mean, they were definitely in control, they were in the driver's seat, and they were good, but at no point in the season, including in, until the actual well, Super Bowl, I, I did not feel like it was a Super Bowl team. Let's. I'm gonna go really quickly, just reading like their scores after after that giant game. Okay, so they won 26-24. They won 34-7. They won 28-23. They won 34-24. They won 33-10. They won 51-23. They won 37-9. They won 31-3. They lost 24-10. Then they won 43-35. They won 34-29. They won 19-10. And then the last game of the season, which was meaningless, they lost 6 nothing. All right, so, so they, they were putting up points. Yeah, they were putting up points against teams like Denver. They were putting up big points. I, was, I mean, that's a team that we beat. Yeah, uh, they put up 43 against the Rams, playoff team. Yeah, that's interesting to me. I don't yeah. remember that game. I was so out of it last year. <laughs> just in the dumps <laughs> um you know they had a let's see 
34-7 against the, the Cardinals. 33-10 against the 49ers pre-Garofalo. Um, yeah, I mean, they were... They had it's a, a pretty bit, easy shake. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. The teams they're playing, they played the Bears. They they played, you know, the NFC West. They're, they're an upper echelon team. They're not a dominating team. That's, you know, that's it, all I feel like. I feel like they were definitely a division winner, but... At no point did I feel like they were the conference champion, even though they ended up being that way. Yeah, well, it just kind of became, it felt a little um, smoke and mirrors when, you know, when Wentz went down. And and a guy that, I mean, let's go back to right before the playoffs started, when it was like Nick Foles and and Bortles, or like these are the worst quarterbacks in the history of the league are in the playoffs. And it was a joke. I mean, I don't remember what the lines were, but. You know, they were pretty big underdogs going up through the whole playoffs. Yeah, okay, so so we see it as the Giants and Eagles at this point. If they're 8-5, and five, then the Eagles are probably pretty close to that or dominating, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if we're 8-5, and five, they're going to be at least 8-5. and five. They, you know, they could be somewhere in that 13-2 and two, or they could be around 8-5. and five. So, yes. We we we're definitely in the thick of the wild card hunt. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, it'd be great to be a division winner, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting a buy either. So yeah, I'm not necessarily a fan of the buy either, but it depends on how you're entering ending the season. You know, if you're if you were a team like Philly last year, maybe you don't want to have you know uh, Nick Foles be your quarterback for four games. Maybe you really wanted to have three potentially in the playoffs. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, well, nevertheless, that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, you're going to get the last of the season previews. Um, Be sure to follow the show on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please subscribe. Please leave a good rating um, and a little comment just letting us know that you exist. Uh, But, yeah, follow follow the show uh, on Twitter at JustGiantsPod. And you can follow me on Twitter also at at football underscore grump. And you can catch me as always at the Cranky Fan. All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants.